Hi, everyone. This is Peter Barauer, and you are listening to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. Today's episode is another sermon that I preach for our congregation. Uh, It is part of a series that we walked through, through the book of Romans. And in today's episode, we'll be focusing on Romans chapter 7, verses 13 through chapter 8, verse 2. And what we're going to be talking about is freedom. Uh, freedom is, is one of those things that, especially as Americans, for those of us who are Americans, that we, we deeply cherish and value. And so does the Bible. So does God. Uh, ours is a God of freedom. But the freedom that we have in the Spirit is often very different from the kind of freedom that we talk about as American Christians. And so we're going to talk about what that means, what it means to live a life of freedom in the Spirit of God. I think we'll be encouraged and challenged And of course, as always, blessed by our time together in God's Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in some ways, today's sermon is a really easy one to preach. Uh, We're talking about something today that uh, I I think many of us will agree is a good thing, Um, and that is freedom. We're talking about freedom today. And and who doesn't like freedom, right? Especially in, in this great country we, we live in, we love our freedom. We all want more of it. I, I don't think anyone would say, nah, no thanks. I, I, I would like to live a life with no freedom, trapped and, and confined, right? It's something we can all rally around, freedom. And uh, so I think many of us are going to be happy today to hear that we are free. Uh, this is something the Bible talks about. Freedom is important to God. Uh, But the truth of us, uh, there are some of us, or maybe a part in each of us, that's going to be a little disappointed this morning. Because we're going to hear that that life as free people is maybe not what we thought it was. And uh, life, uh, a free life in Christ, isn't how we imagine it, uh, according to our worldly standards. Uh, But let's talk about it. I've been thinking about freedom this week, uh, a lot about it, and, and it kind of occurred to me as I was thinking through some things that... That freedom, the idea of freedom and, and the joy and the goal of freedom is, is something that's at the very core, it's like a foundation of so many of the stories we tell and, and the stories that we hear, right? It's, I mean, it's a huge part of our American story. When we tell a story about ourselves, we, we tell our founding story that once we lived under the tyrannical rule of this foreign monarchy that was taxing us and and, and we shed all that to become free, to become the land of the free, where we could tax ourselves however much we wanted and, and set our own rules and write our own constitution, right? Freedom. It's at the very core of our American story. It, it's also a, a core of so many of the stories that we aspire to, right? Think of the man or the woman who, who leaves behind the corporate world from having to follow all the rules and and commands of the corporate man, whoever that is, and they set out to start their own business so that they can be free and and set their own hours and reap their own benefits, right? Think about even some of the fairy tales or the the movies, right? Many of them revolve around freedom. Uh, When I was a kid, one of my favorite Disney movies uh, was The Lion King. And I actually probably listened to the soundtrack of The Lion King about a thousand times over. I I loved it. And there's a title track on The Lion King, right? The song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. And uh, listen to how this song goes, right? It's kind of telling. Um, It goes like this. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. 
No one's saying do this. No one's saying be there. No one's saying stop that. No one's saying see here. Free to run around all day. Free to do it my way. Uh, I, I don't think that The Lion King is the exception. It's actually more of the rule, right? Start to think about some of the other Disney movies, right? Cinderella. Cinderella living under the thumb of this cruel stepmother with these evil, wicked stepsisters. And she longs to, to be free, to go to the ball and to meet the man of her dreams. So many of the stories we tell revolve around freedom. The stories that excite us, at least most often, do. Now, again, God's story is also a story of freedom. And this is something that Paul has been talking about in Romans for a while now. It started last week. We started to hear about this idea of freedom all the way back in chapter 6, and it continues today. And what Paul has been reminding us is that apart from Jesus, we are anything but free. Apart from Jesus, we are slaves. We're trapped, Paul will say. I mean, this is harsh language. Our condition, apart from Jesus, is not good. We've got these chains and shackles. That, that trap us and, and hold us back. Uh, but but the, the problem, Paul says, what is enslaving us is, is kind of surprising. But Paul makes it clear that, that the problem is not God and his rules and his laws. Now, we might think of God's laws and his rules as being kind of confining and constricting, right? Like we gotta follow all these things and they hold us back from living how we wanna live. But uh, Paul will make it clear that that the problem, what, what enslaves us, is not God and his rules and his laws. No, his, his rules and his laws are good for us. They teach us how to live and, and, and how to live an abundant life and how to get along with each other. They are God's good and perfect will. But the problem is not with all the rules and the laws that, that God has given. No, no, the problem, it's in here. The problem is us. The problem is our sin. Sin is, is, is the issue. Sin is the prison cell that has entrapped us. Our sin, our own disobedience, uh, our, our own anger and gossip and greed, and all of these things is, is what traps us and, and holds us back. We are enslaved to sin, Paul says. And that's not a good place to be. And, and so contrary to many of the, the popular stories that are out there, right, the Disney stories, the American story, uh, the, the corporate America story breaking free from that, the, the problem is not out there. The problem is not the corporate man holding us down. The problem, in, in Paul's point of view, is not this tyrannical monarchy, right, that we're living underneath. That the, problem, um, the problem is in here. The problem begins with me and my sin. My sin, it traps me. It confines me. I'm a slave to it. Uh, the answer, though, the answer to our problem of, of enslavement to sin, the answer is not in here. And, and that's a very different narrative, a very different story from the one we're used to hearing. Right? And, and the way that we usually tell the story, it's that freedom is just kind of waiting inside of us, ready to, 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 to break out. And if we can only work hard enough with a little bit of determination, maybe even some conniving and conspiring, right, that, that we can free uh, ourselves. If we just pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, that we can find Freedom. We can save and free ourselves. That's the American story, right? We, we through our hard work, we, we freed ourselves from Britain. It's, it's the corporate story. You work hard enough, you can set out on your own. It, it's the Disney story. 
the answer, so often we tell ourselves, is, is inside of us. It's here. But, but according to God, the answer is not in here. The answer is out there. Listen to how Paul puts it in verses 21 through 24 of our reading for today. We heard these words earlier, but let me read them again. Paul writes, so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in my members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. See, see, Paul recognizes that there are good things he wants to do, right? He loves God's law. He wants to follow the rules. But so often he recognizes that he doesn't do those good things. And there are bad things he doesn't want to do, right? He wants to avoid sin, but for some reason he can't explain. He, he keeps on doing them, right? I mean, raise your hand if, if this is your daily experience. I think most of us can, can totally relate. There may not be a more relatable passage in all of the Bible, Paul just lays it out. He tells it like it is, right? And uh, we experience this with sin and temptation. We experience it in our daily life. Anyone who's ever tried to go on a diet and, and told themselves, I'm not going to eat those foods, right? I'm giving up pizza and chips, right? It probably doesn't take too long before we're sitting on the couch eating the bag of chips. Or we said, we're going to start exercising now. Every day, I'm going to wake up early and Next morning, we're hitting snooze, and it never really happens. Or, or, or we tell ourselves, I'm going to be more generous, right? I'm finally going to give. And then we're sitting down with a credit card statement, and we see how much we're spending on ourselves and how little we're spending on others. Our daily experience would, would tell us that, that we're not as strong. Our wills are weak. And Paul says the same is true when it comes to our spiritual life. The good things we want to do, we don't. The bad things we hope to avoid, we keep on doing it. It's like Paul is describing trying to paddle upstream. And as hard as he paddles, he, he keeps on moving in the wrong direction. He's like a ping pong ball. And in one minute, he's moving in the right direction. He's making some progress. And the next, he's heading back. That's how it is with our sin. No matter how hard we might try, no matter how tough we pull on those bootstraps, right? We cannot conquer sin. We cannot live perfectly as God demands that we do. The answer to our enslavement is not inside of us. It's outside of us. The answer is Jesus. And it's only in him and through him and because of him that we have freedom. Listen again to how Paul put it in verses 24 and 25. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me? from this body of death. Who's going to help me? I can't do it myself, Paul recognizes. I am trapped and enslaved to my own sin. So who's going to rescue me? Well, he goes on to say, thanks be to God. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in Jesus, we hear, that we find freedom. It is through his determination to take our pain and our punishment on the cross that, that we are set free. It is through his hard work, his blood, his sweat, his tears, that we find redemption as he stretched out his arms to take our place. Jesus, and only Jesus, is the way to freedom. It's the only way. Jesus is the only way that our sin will be overcome and we will be set free. And you are, dear friend, dear brother or sister, you are free. 
But now what? What are you going to do with that freedom? Uh, how are you going to live now? You see, the truth is that in most of the stories that we tell, our freedom is an occasion to do what we want, to set our own rules, to go where we want to go, to fulfill our deepest longings and desires, right? I mean, uh, that's how it is with America. We left Britain behind so that we could write our own constitution and, and set our own taxes and, and make our own rules. Uh, it, it is this way with the corporate world, right? We, we want to leave that behind so that we can, again, set our own hours and, and do our own uh, thing and, and work for our own benefit. It's this way in the Disney movies. Most of the characters, when they're free, now they can fulfill their own longings and desires. Uh, but that's not what it looks like in God's story. Freedom in God's kingdom looks very, very different. Uh, freedom in God's kingdom, we're, we're told that, that in our freedom, we are led along by what Paul describes as the law of the spirit of life. See, rather than using our freedom to fulfill our desires or to do our thing or to go our own way or to set our own rules, we now listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not that we don't have a master anymore. It's just that we have a new one. And, and we listen to his voice, and we go where he wants us to go, and we do what he tells us to do. In our freedom, we follow the leading of the Spirit. And so in God's kingdom, what do we do with our freedom? Well, in God's kingdom, free people obey. Free people use their freedom to submit. Uh, free people serve. Free people love. You see, Christian freedom is not just a freedom from. Again, we often think about it that way, right? We're, we're free from Britain. We're free from the corporate man. We're free from the, the evil stepmother and, and the cruel stepsisters. And, and Christian freedom is that. We are free from sin, thanks be to God, through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. But, but Christian freedom is also a freedom to we are free from sin. It does not control us. It does not condemn us. It cannot fill us with guilt and shame. And so now we are free to obey, willingly. We obey the will of God. We, we are free from sin. And so now we are free to submit to his will. We humble ourselves and, and bow down to his ways. We are free from sin. And, and so now we can serve joyfully. We are free from sin. And so we love unconditionally, just as Christ loved us. Free people obey, serve, submit, and love. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't sound like freedom at all. <laughs> uh, why would I, having tasted the goodness of freedom, go back to a life of submission and obedience and service? Why, why would I go on loving people that I can't stand? Well, uh, let me try to describe it like this. Uh, when I was in high school, I was on the cross-country team. I, I love, still do, love to run. And going into my freshman year, I was running more than I had ever run before. And, and I was actually getting pretty good at it. Uh, that summer, uh, my brother, he was a senior on the cross-country team, and so I was tagging a, 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 along with him pretty often. Um, I was running with the other varsity runners, even though I, I was a freshman. Um, they were doing extra runs outside of practice, and I was going with them. And I was feeling, I have to admit, pretty good about myself. Uh, I had pretty high hopes for my season. There was no other freshman running as much as I was. And, and so going into the first meet, my first high school meet, 
I had a pretty big head, and uh, I thought I was going to do well, if not win the entire meet, uh, be the best freshman there. Uh, but that's not exactly how it went. I, I thought I knew how to race as a high schooler, but I, I definitely had no clue. It was just a total disaster. I, I don't think I came in last place, but I was definitely near the back of the pack. Uh, it was very clear that I, I didn't know how to run and, and race like I, I, I thought I did. And uh, after, after that meet, I remember that the coach came up to me and uh, he had some words for me. He was disappointed too, but, but he also had some feedback, right? Because he did know how to run and race. He had been coaching kids for a while. And so he told me a lot of things to do and, and gave me a lot of good advice. And he kind of set out a plan for me for my next race. So, so going into that second race then, that, that second race actually went a whole lot better. I didn't win, but I, I was way further ahead in the pack than I was at the first race. It was like he had set me free. I thought I knew how to do it, but I, I really didn't. And, and he had freed me to, to, to be myself and to fulfill my potential. Now then, uh, two races down, both have gone very different. Now I had a choice, didn't I? Going into that third race, I could return to my old ways. I could tell myself, I know what to do. Uh, I, I know what's best, but we've seen how that goes. Uh, or I could continue to obey and submit and follow the leading of my coach. That would very clearly be the wise and the good and the right thing to do. I think the same could be said of our Christian freedom. We have been set free from sin by Jesus. So how are we going to use that freedom now? Are we going to go backwards to our old patterns, our own behaviors? Are we going to give in to the old temptations? Are we going to tell ourselves, I'm free, so I'm going to do what I want? We've seen how that works, and it doesn't end well. Instead, we can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can obey his good and perfect will. We can submit ourselves. We can serve others lovingly and sacrificially. We can love like Jesus unconditionally. That's the way of the Spirit. And that's what we do because we're free, free from sin and alive in Jesus. And free people, free people obey, free people submit, free people serve, and free people love. After all, we have all the love we need in Jesus. Dear friend, dear brother or sister, let me say it again. You are free. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. I hope that you are blessed 
by our time together in the word of God and pray that your roots went a little bit deeper. If you could do three things for me as we close our time together today, I would be blessed. First, if you could subscribe to this podcast, I would love that. That would be an easy way for you to listen to all future episodes and continue to get our updates. Second, if you could share what you heard today, I would really appreciate that. There should be an easy way to do that, to share this to your Facebook page, and I would be blessed by that. And then finally, if you could leave a review, I would love to hear what you think and, and how this episode went. So if you could share, subscribe, and leave us a review, I would be blessed. God bless you, everyone. And until next time, this is Peter Brower on the Deeply Rooted Podcast.